Ryan Bershinger, co-host with Bill Benson of the Legendary Swing Shift Podcast. It's time for Dodger Baseball. Well, it's been a while, but uh, we're finally back. Everything's fine. No, we didn't stop. Things got a little different, and, and we're going to talk about that, but uh, we're, we're happy to be back. This is Swing Shift. My name is Ryan Bershinger. He is Bo Benson. You can follow us on Twitter at SwingShiftRNB. Technically, this is our first episode of our third season of this podcast, which is, uh, which is wild. Um, but that's far from the most important thing that's happened in either of our lives uh, <laughs> over the past couple of months. So, Bo, um, let's, let's talk. Uh, how, how are things going for you? What's been going on with you? Uh, life is just a constant cycle of, uh, poop and pee at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and the baby's not half bad either. There you go. We did it guys. That's good. Let's go home everybody. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's different. It's new. Uh, I, I get to say that I watched a Dodger game with my daughter. So, you know, uh, it's fun. <laughs> Well, congratulations to you, Victoria. Yes, uh, new parents. And, and of course, uh, because of that, you know, you've been kind of busy the last couple of weeks. Which yeah, is, you know, you know I would hope people understand. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're finally getting back after it. And that's fine because it's the first month of the baseball season. It's not like super important things have happened. I mean, a couple of actually pretty important things have happened, but we're, we're going to get to that. It, it's OK. Um, but uh, yeah, so if, if you're. At any point, if you get kind of predisposed in this uh, recording, um, you know, just get up and, and take care of what you need to. Okay, it, it, do what you need. It's fine. I sometimes I can just kind of keep talking, and by the time you get back, I'll probably still be talking. So <laughs> it's, it's fine. Just just do what you need. You don't even have to address it. Oh, true, true story, by the way. Uh, one of the hosts that I work with, I'm not going to say who it is, but uh, one time they were doing an interview with a guest that they know is typically pretty long-winded in their answers and they had to take care of something in the middle of the interview so they asked a question and then got up and left yeah no one <laughs> one million percent something that you should everybody should do that if you know you know uh, you have time yeah <laughs> the host came back and uh the guest was still talking so like it, it worked <laughs> it was a gamble but it paid off oh man you know, life gets in the way it's fine it'd be way funnier if it didn't work though yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> i mean we have had hosts also fall asleep on the air before but we should probably shouldn't uh, go too far into that but that's that's been hilarious that's that's, that's always uh that's always fun um so looking back on this first month of the season for the los angeles dodgers the dodgers are i believe they have the best record in baseball or type you know win percentage and because in games played them and the yankees have the best records in baseball um it's pretty ho-hum for the Dodgers <laughs> right now, right? Because that's this is how good this team is, and they're playing at this high of a level. And over the last couple of weeks, people have tried to find things to complain about. But if you're a Dodger fan, like we're one month into the season, you have nothing to complain about, even if they Zero. drop a, a series to the Diamondbacks, which they did at one point, which, or by the, the way, or the, yeah, and the entirety of the NLS is above 500, which is pretty crazy. But, um, there's nothing there. There, there is nothing. I'm sorry. If you're looking for a podcast, that's going to complain about the Dodgers. Um, first of all, if you find that podcast, 
message them on Twitter, Instagram, what have you, and, and say, just, stop it. Yeah, <laughs> no, just yell at them. Yeah. <laughs> You're trying way too hard. Threat, <laughs> you threaten don't have them, to have a different opinion. Threaten them with violence in Grand Theft Auto V. Um, a lot of the complaints that we had seen over the last couple of weeks fizzled out super quickly. Like when people complained about Mookie's slow start to the season. Um, yeah, he's hitting like over 300 in his last 15 games. He's on a nine game history. He's looking excellent. Apparently eating meat once again. Um, and he got <laughs> mad over a fake Noah Syndergaard quote, which was really funny. Um, if you're, if you want to complain about Cody Bellinger, um, he was player of the week at one point and then promptly did go like over 20 immediately yeah. after that, but yeah. that's okay. Um, <laughs> Cody has shown flashes of being able to play at a productive level again. Uh, if you want to complain about Justin Turner and his slow start, uh, actually that's something. We're yeah, that's fine. We can, later. yeah, we can do that. <laughs> that can is do that for sure. Where that, that is a concern. Um, uh, if you want to complain about the pitching, you're weird because there's nothing to complain about. The pitching has been the pitching has been historically great. In fact, um, I believe that the 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 graph that Eric Steven retweeted earlier today was that the Dodgers have the best. Uh, when you look at every big league pitching squad through 26 games in each of the last 40 seasons, um, the graph is OPS allowed and ERA. And the Dodgers are at the way bottom left of that. And every other team is above them in both of those categories, meaning that the Dodgers over the first month of the season, pitching wise, have been one of the best pitching staffs we've ever seen in the history of Major Which League Which is Baseball. like, I believe, you know, I believe on this show, we both said that every single year, everyone is like, I'm not sure about the Dodgers starting pitching. And every single year they're starting pitching is good regardless of who or what they throw out there and who they acquire in the middle of the year. Uh, it's very strange to me <laughs> that anyone would ever have concerns about the Dodgers pitching staff. It's just, it's always good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always good. Uh, um, Freddie Freeman has been fantastic. Uh, he's, he's been a steady contributor basically on a daily basis and it's been phenomenal to watch. Yeah. I mean, I think given, given how much some guys have struggled like Muncie and Turner, mm -hmm. uh, Freeman went from a luxury to a necessity really quickly. Right. That's pretty cool. Also speaking of luxury to necessity because of Blake Trinan's injury, Craig Kimbrell suddenly becomes super important to the back end of the yeah. Dodgers rotation or a bullpen. Yeah. Um, Blake Trinan's injury. Interesting. <laughs> These are all things that we're going to dive into a little bit more, but I think the, the, the most positive first thing that, that I want to dive into really has been the performance of Clayton Kershaw specifically. Um, we, we talked about in the off season, uh, the fact that we desperately wanted Kershaw back because, quite frankly, from an emotional standpoint, we just wanted to see Kershaw retire as a Dodger. Even if the Dodgers gave him one year of $17 million and he didn't throw a single pitch this season, it's fine. It doesn't matter. We just want to see him on the Dodgers. Through his first month, he's, he started five games. He is 4-0 with a 1.8 ERA. Struck out 32, a whip of .733. He's been... If they were to give out a Cy Young right now, <laughs> it's probably Clayton Kershaw for the National League. Uh, he's been that good. And 
I think that on one hand, obviously, it's a ton of fun to watch. It's uh, as Dodger fans, we're it's incredibly exciting to watch. Uh, he has his right now his ERA plus is two sixteen, which is the second best mark of his career. It's something that should be celebrated as to how good Clayton Kershaw has looked. Um, his his slider has looked phenomenal. Uh, he's he's missing bats like crazy. His control is fantastic. I I, I it's hard to to find all the superlatives really to just simply say that Clayton Kershaw has been vintage Kershaw throughout this first month of the season. And this is something that's going to be crucially important for the Dodgers success throughout the year. Hopefully you have Kershaw at full health pitching at this level at the end of the season. And if that means that he's going to be shut down for a month or two, that's, that's fine. We'll be all right. Um, But yeah, watching Kershaw perform at the level that he's been performing at, I mean, uh, it's it's just it's phenomenal and it's so fun to watch and I'm so very happy to see it. Yeah, I mean, uh, like we mentioned, I've I've been preoccupied, so I <laughs> I have lots of thoughts stuck in my head and I want to go back to uh, his seventh inning or, you know, his removal in the seventh inning of a perfect game. Yes. Um, and everybody complaining about that and how they would have left him in there and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, I I would have. But also, like, you're the same people that spent decades of his career being like, well, he doesn't have a world series ring. (laughs) So like, it's literally your fault. Like you have all the talking heads that only look at things about winning championships and Mm -hmm. uh, winning a ring and and winning on October. Like you've devalued the regular season. Like this is your fault. Like if you hadn't done that, if you guys gave credence to things that happened in the regular season, like we should, he might have stuck around to do it because it would have been incredible. He would have gotten it too. I, I don't. Yeah. He, the twins couldn't have. The twins couldn't do anything that day. No, they couldn't. Uh, they he if they had left him in, I I think he would have at least gotten a no hitter. Um, but like yeah, and post game he was like, "We're trying to win the World Series." So like, you don't you don't get to have you don't get to have it both ways. And like, it's just uh. It really, really annoyed me to see people that it's the fucking, uh, the, we're all trying to find the guy who did this, <laughs> like, <laughs> seeing, seeing certain characters that will, uh, excoriate guys for not winning in the playoffs across any sport, uh, getting mad about someone not being left in to finish something in the regular season. Uh, please, I beg you to just look in the mirror and, and gain some introspection, but, uh, it's been awesome, honestly, that. He's just as good. And I think, I think we've all said it too. Like maybe Kershaw is not Pete Kershaw anymore, but Pete Kershaw was so fucking good that mm-hmm. no one is ever going to be like able to do that. Right. Yeah. If, if Kershaw now is what a top 15 guy in baseball, uh, that's excellent. He might probably top 10 to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like you'll take that any day of the week. Um, and yeah, I, do you have this weird feeling though that this is kind of like the last ride and he didn't want to say that but it kind of has that feeling to me I I think there's 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 a bit of that um because looking at like when he got pulled from that from the perfect game like it was it was hard to I of course like I was upset about it <laughs> I was angry about it I yeah. wanted to see him do it but one thing that put me at ease 
was seeing him smiling in the dugout immediately afterwards. Like he was not bothered by the fact that he was taken out of that game. Yeah. And I, I don't want to hear the hot takes about, Oh, well, Max Scherzer would have punched Dave Roberts in the dick. If he tried to take him out of a perfect game. I, I don't, I don't care. Like it's like, like that, you know, what's funny is that day, um, the Orioles manager, um, he, he said, look, if John means has a, has a perfect game through seven today. He's he's coming back out there for the eighth. We're 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 sticking with him. Uh, by the way, John Means isn't pitching the rest of this season. Yeah, <laughs> so he, John Means actually got hurt, and now yeah. he's out. Yeah. Um, so, like, which is uh, 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 sad. And I'm not trying to to make light of you know the plight of the Orioles because the thing is is that the difference between John Means coming out for a perfect game after seven innings. Uh, is because the Orioles have nothing. They have nothing else. Yeah, like Orioles not, fans need, need something to not. enjoy. <laughs> you know, um, so I was like, I was upset, and I I completely agree with what you're saying in terms of like the championship or bus mentality does have its negative drawbacks in a lot of ways. I've I've felt that way for a long time, and there's there are a lot of reasons why especially in baseball to have a championship or bust mentality is is something that's really poisonous i don't know how you watch baseball and have that mentality because yeah it's a 162 game season man like Mm -hmm. what's the point if you're just going to get mad because your team doesn't win it in october after you spend six months of the year watching the sport like that's stupid yeah yeah that's a just a stupid way to live your life And, and and I think that that's uh, that's why, like when I saw Kershaw come out and he was so happy about it, I was like, all right, well, he clearly he's seeing he's seeing the big picture with the full season. And of course, like the big picture includes, you know, winning a ring, but it also includes him being able to pitch an entire season if it is his last one, you know? Um, so I, I get, I get what you're saying there. I think that also on the flip side of it though, if Kershaw pitches at this level for most of this season, I, he's not going anywhere. Uh, I, I don't think he would do. I mean, there is something absolutely to going out on top, and we kind of saw that with Buster Posey this last season where Posey's retirement, I, I don't want to say came out of nowhere because he was an older catcher, but he could have kept going. And especially with the DH coming to, to the National League, Posey could have stayed yeah. for another season. Um, Do you think given that they've scored like five runs in the last five games, they might consider reaching out to Buster Posey after uh... <laughs> after um, they held it? Did they, didn't they already, did they just retire his number already? I don't know what that was. They, I they saw that, have. that he was there for a, a ceremony. I, beard, I wouldn't beardless, be surprised. Beardless Brian Wilson threw out the, uh, the first pitch to him, too. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, it's a nightmare fuel, really. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I do I see that with Kershaw right now? A little bit. A little bit. And, and I think it goes back to that perfect game where he was not bothered in the slightest. I think the next day when he talked about it, and kind of he wasn't like when he talked about it to the media, he was saying like, look, this is about the big picture. And this is, this is kind of, I, I didn't think I was going to throw that seventh inning as it was. And, and my, my, my curveball was gone for the last two innings that I was in. And 
you know, he was he was defending the move and I didn't feel like he was reluctant about the way he defended the move. Um, <sighs> but I think the next day he was kind of saying, like, you know, maybe we'll get that shot again. And I think he the regret kind of set in a little yeah. bit. But, you know, he has thrown a no hitter and it should have been a perfect game. Um, uh, of course, it's just I mean, I, I wanted that to be on his Hall of Fame plaque. I wanted that to be something that I got to witness. I watched that entire game. I was at work that day. It was phenomenal. But also <laughs> then I had to deal with the hot takes. And, and <laughs> interestingly enough, like Doug Gottlieb show was on at the time of the game uh, when when Kershaw got pulled. And Doug was the first to say, yeah, it's it's early. It's short in spring training. He's an aging pitcher. You know, he's he's dealt with injuries. Like yeah. he just came back from injury. I'm not surprised. Like, like, and I think a big part of it too is you know you can kind of point the finger at, at the uh, at the lockout for that one, saying like if if he had an extra week of spring training there, like maybe he would have been able to come out for that inning. It was uh, also it's cold yeah. and 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 rainy in, in Minnesota. There are a lot of factors that went into it, but. But still, it sucked. It's it's yeah. That's it. Just so. that's the thing, man. Like yeah. he was so close, and yeah. I personally, I don't see what the damage would have been in just letting him stick around until he gives up a hit. Yeah, yeah. Like and that's I, what I wanted. I yeah. get it, and like if you have to skip his next turn through the order, man. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, just just pain, man. Just yeah, just pain. What was interesting to see, though, was that was also the the day prior was Andrew Haney's second start with the Dodgers, and he hasn't pitched since then. <laughs> um, I think his shoulder has uh, evaporated. <laughs> Andrew Haney got too good for his own body. Yeah. They found a way to maximize his sweeper, and, and he had a lot of fun with it for 10 innings, and we haven't seen him since then. <laughs> But um, but that was a really positive thing to see how fucking good Andrew Haney was in his first two starts. And he should be he's he's throwing again a little bit. He should be back shortly. He's not Blake Trinan, who's who's, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> going on strike for a couple I, months. Yeah, I suspect was... Blake Trinan's shoulder will magically be fine um, <laughs> somewhere around June 12th. <laughs> that, uh, uh, I, I would I would keep an eye on that day. <laughs> Uh, can we talk about that? So, yes, please. Can we? I would love to. <laughs> um, yeah. So Blake Trinan, unfortunately, is hurt. Uh, he's been hurt for a couple of weeks and we just found out yesterday the Dodgers are not expecting him back really um, until after the All-Star break, which is uh, not good because he's been one of the best relievers in baseball for <laughs> they you know, for the last couple seasons now, and especially throughout the, the beginning of this year, his stuff is phenomenal. That uh, that Dodger slider, that sweeper that he throws is is unhittable. Um, <laughs> the, the the jokes that we are referring to is the fact that um, uh, Dodgers LGBTQ Pride Night has been announced, in which um, the the teams are going to uh, the Dodgers will wear hats with um, rainbow coloring in the in the letters. Uh, and that is June 11th, uh, which is a great thing to see unless you're David Wall, who um, is is desperately trying to contact his son in prison. Yeah, uh, we'll see. You know, <laughs> David Wall had to send that tweet from his computer because he literally can't use his phone because Jacob keeps blowing it up asking for bail money. <laughs> David Wall commented on this tweet about the LGBTQ plus pride night um, on uh, on June 3rd. Uh, the hats are are 
are going to be worn on June 11th at Oracle Field. Um, David Wall says, are straight players being forced? <laughs> I can't even read this with a straight face. Um, uh, <laughs> are straight players being forced to wear those hats? If so, that's totally inappropriate. Just another example of the Dodgers politicizing the game of baseball. We get that you've swung to the far left, Dodgers. Just keep your politics to yourself. Cool. Which is so weird because, like, does he think that Blake Trinan should stop posting stupid fucking stories on Instagram? <laughs> or is that okay? <laughs> and also, again, like, the idea that, like, straight people can't, like, support... <laughs> Oh, uh, they're awesome. He's awesome. Never mind. I want to. I want to see. Rules. Could somebody please reach out to David Wall and say, David, please compile a, a lineup for that game in which only gay players are going to be taking the field. Please, please tell me. <laughs> please. Uh, Major League Baseball announces for LGBTQ night only gay players will be yeah. playing. It's <laughs> gonna pull some fans out of the stands and. <laughs> fill the lineup uh but yeah no uh blake trinan does not want any photos whatsoever of him wearing that hat (laughs) he he will not be in the stadium that night he's going to be at home no no way is he gonna have any photos of him and wearing that hat uh yep yep we found the truth to uh to to blake trinan's injury um in all reality, it sucks that <laughs> Trinan is hurt. <laughs> it really does um, because he's the most important piece of the Dodger bullpen. Uh, he's he's more important than Craig Kimbrell. He's he is because of the fact that he's used with such versatility. And I get it. Look, on the last episode, I talked about the fact that I didn't fully understand the AJ Pollock for Craig Kimbrell trade because I wanted to see the Dodgers use a closer by committee and use different relievers, especially Trinan, in a very flexible manner in which they could be, you know, used specifically at the most important outs of the last three innings, wherever those outs may come. Um, now with Trinan's injury, it makes the trade for K- Craig Kimbrell even more important, um, which even without Trinan's injury, uh, Pollock has played like five games for the White Sox. I think like he's <laughs> Pollock's been hurt himself, which is unfortunate to see. He also, when he has played, um, hasn't been doing too hot. Uh, but having Kimbrel in the back end of the bullpen also has been rather nice for us. Um, he's looked good, not fantastic, but he's looked very good uh, so far. And he has been used exclusively in the ninth inning where he is comfortable and there is a lot of confidence that comes with using Kimbrel at that point in the game. Um, yeah, looking at Pollock's numbers since uh, with the White Sox this season, he's got 51 at-bats, nine hits, a negative .6 war. He, he like, he, he got hurt, like, immediately. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> right? He he had a opening day. He like uh, he had a, a fly ball hit. It was a it was a tough fly ball to to, to play, but um, he didn't catch it, and the Tigers won, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Um, uh, he's gotten on base of two hundred four. Like he's not. He's played in ten or no that that's his spring training numbers. He's played in fourteen games. Um, yeah, so a line of one seventy six, two hundred four, two sixteen. So. Um, yeah, yeah. The Trinan injury 
makes Craig Kimbrell that much more important. Um, and I, uh, I immediately regret expressing hesitancy over the deal. <laughs> well, hey, look, you, you change your mind when presented with new, new information. So <laughs> that's kudos. right. That's right. You know, I, I, Unlike I can... Blake Trinan, who will never change his mind. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we've seen Kimbrell in eight games so far, uh, five saves. Um, it's kind of funny, like Kimbrell keeps getting Kimbrelled in his, but it's actually good for him now. Yeah, like yeah. it's cool. That's life is life is funny the way it works, man. <laughs> yeah, um, he's not striking out people like crazy, but um, he's not. He's only allowed one I mean, one run. So yeah, and that's like the important thing. I think we all just have to take a breath and remember that this is essentially still spring training for some of these pitchers. Right. Like right. these guys. Eh. I, I I'm not going to worry about like ultimate, like, like I want to win the games, but like any smart baseball fan, like I'm not going to overanalyze things yeah. uh, a month into a season, especially this year. Sure. Um, which is why I thought it was really funny when John Heyman wrote an article about how the Yankees gamble of not signing a good shortstop and instead trading for like Isaiah Kiner Falafa was good and proving to be correct. <laughs> like, uh, What dog? <laughs> it's may dude like calm down um now i want to throw something out i i think i've found the dodger reliever who's going to be blake trinan in blake trinan's absence um this man he's in the 97th percentile in expected era the 98 excuse me 99th percentile in hard hit percentage 98th percentile in expected batting average 87th in k rate 98% in chase rate, 97% in expected Woba, 93% in walk rate. Do I get to guess before you tell everybody? Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's, uh, it's the girl listening to this right now, smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. <laughs> oh, hold on, I'm getting a phone call. You're my new Blake Trinan. Yes, Dave Roberts? <laughs> well, I guess I can get to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Um, this man is Evan Phillips. Now he has, he's, he got hit in like one or two games. So his ERA is at four Oh nine, but it, you know, fuck reliever. ERA. I don't give a shit. Uh, yeah. he's, he's in his, uh, 11 innings. He's got 13 strikeouts, a whip of 0.55 and all those fantastic peripherals. Um, the man has looked rather strong. Um, his, uh, his, his stuff is working well. He's, he throws his slider 60% of the time. He's got that sort of uh, developing that Dodger slider. We saw it a little bit in the postseason uh, last year where we were like, oh, this random dude we got from Baltimore is actually like throwing some good innings here, even though we're <laughs> losing by four to the Braves and the NLCS. Um, but uh, again, the Dodgers do what they do where they find a reliever who has a good slider and doesn't throw it enough and say, hey, you should throw that more. Um, so that's what's happening. He's throwing his slider 60% of the time and he's throwing his four seamer uh, 23% of the time, which is straight up flipped from in 2020 See, when he threw the slider 26% this, of the time. This the is why this is why the Dodgers like approach to things is cheating because what they do yeah. is they identify what people are good at and tell them to do that more. <laughs> and I think the old way of baseball of trying to force guys to do things that they're not good at I think that's a better idea. 
Um, and this is another just example of how analytics are ru- <laughs> ruining the game. Um, and honestly, you know, I, I I do feel like Andrew Friedman should be executed for what he's done to baseball. Um, and me and Blake Trinan will be uh, leading the leading the charge here. Look, the man is getting whiffs on 28% of his sliders. It is working very well. I, I think that and, and we've seen already a little bit of this usage from Phillips. Uh, I think he's somebody who could step up and, and be kind of used in this fireman role that Blake Trinan was used in. And I think that he could be rather effective because he's he's shown potential already with those peripherals. Um, obviously, like Alex Vesia has has looked strong. Gratterall and Bickford have been OK, but they could benefit from getting a little more work. But overall, I mean. Like we mentioned, the the Dodgers pitching staff as a whole has been historically good, and the bullpen is is also responsible for that. Uh, these guys have been rather effective in their work. Uh, the Tyler Anderson Tony Gonsolin combo starts worked incredibly well, and then unfortunately we kind of had to break them up a bit after Haney's injury. But uh, Tyler Anderson has has looked rather strong. Um, you know, he, people are not hitting him hard at all. Uh, people are chasing him. He's in the 92nd percentile and chase rate. Um, I really like what I've, I've seen from Tyler Anderson thus far. And I feel like here's, you want a hot take here. Here's a hot take. Absolutely. <laughs> Tyler Anderson feels like the sort of like Alex Wood, Ross Stripling, all-star runs where he's just kind of deep in that Dodgers rotation. But for the first half of the season, he will be steadily in that rotation and make his start every fifth day and put up very strong numbers. And then out of nowhere, he's an all-star. Yeah, no, I, I think that, uh, I think that tracks yeah. that, 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 that sounds, sounds right. Um, <laughs> has there been any update on Dustin May? Um, he was progressing, uh, pretty well. If I saw like he's, he's starting to throw a bit, which I think is a little oh, bit ahead of schedule. Man. Um, yeah. So I, th- it seems like we are going to see him at some point in the second half of the season, which is very nice. And I, I feel like Caleb Ferguson should be back at some point too. Yeah, like, he should soon. Tommy Conley got his first. Uh, yeah, Conley has Conley's actually looked pretty good. Yeah, I would, I would say. And he's somebody who could also be used in that trying to type yeah. role. If they can get Conley back to what he was, I mean, mm-hmm. having Conley and and Kimbrel will be just as good as having Trinan and and Kimbrel. And then if you can get Trinan back and have Conley trying and Kimberl. That's a, that's a fun seven, eight, nine mm-hmm. combo. Um, Julio Urias after um, a, pitching so poorly in his first start of the season that the LA times said that uh, he's done, <laughs> that he's going to yep. be a severe problem has now pitched so well since then that the LA times is now saying that the Dodgers are pulling him an inning early to keep his value low when another team tries to sign him. That that was a, oh. a, an outstanding spin job by Dylan Hernandez. Uh, Plashke was the the first take, and I I personally like Bill. Pl- I've I've spoken to Bill Plashke a couple times. He's incredibly nice to me, so I I I try not to trash his stuff. He's 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 been in the business for a long time and worked very hard. That wasn't his his best take. It was pretty reactionary. And I wouldn't uh, I, wow, I, I wouldn't put Julio out to pasture after one poor start with his down velocity in Colorado. Um, but then it's pitched incredibly well since then. And then Dylan Hernandez was like, yeah, the Dodgers pulled him an inning early the other night because <laughs> he legitimately made the argument that they were trying to 
keep his potential free agent value low, but they weren't going to be the ones who would sign him. Somebody else would, which doesn't make it. Why would they anyway? It's (laughs) if you don't think about it, it makes so much sense. (laughs) Um, And lastly, we haven't mentioned Walker Bueller, who has also been fantastic. Um, Just finished his 100th start of his career. And let's take a look at his first 100 starts, his, his, uh, his career numbers right now, 44 and 14 with a 285 ERA, 610 innings. And he's got himself an FIP of 319, whip of 101, uh, K per nine, a 9.8. Um, an incredible start to his career. Um, and he's, he's looking better and better. He's looked fantastic this season and he'll probably end up getting some Cy Young votes at the end of the season. If he continues to pitch at this rate, because there's no reason to believe like this should be Walker's 27. Now this should be, uh, like we saw how good he is last season and there's no reason to believe that he's not going to build upon those numbers and, and really start to cement himself in the Cy Young candidacy for the next couple of years. Um, so thank you, Walker, for being I'm good. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Sorry. We had to take your friend Carson Fulmer out to pasture after one day. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, <laughs> a rough scene for him. Will Walker Bueller be leaving the Dodgers because of the way they treated Carson Fulmer? <laughs> Up next on Undisputed. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Bo, any other thoughts on the pitching staff though, so far? Oh man, not really. No, I, I, Tyler Anderson has been a really welcome uh, addition. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, it, it's <laughs> I don't I don't think either of us either of us are surprised that the pitching is good, right? I I and I I just hope that someday people will learn to just kind of accept that the Dodgers are going to have good pitching, yeah, as long as this uh, group is around. Also, like Tony Gonsolin's been solid, and yeah, and, and that's fine. another thing to. to I, I think Gonsolin too. is like the easy target when mm-hmm. they have like a rough start, but then you look and he gave up like what two or three runs, and right. it's like yeah, for for basically everybody but Bueller, like two or three runs is fine. Yeah, Walker's got Walker is now at that point where it's like Kershaw was, where if you give up more than a run, it's like oh fuck, <laughs> this is disastrous. <laughs> yeah. So on the flip side, as we mentioned earlier, some stuff about uh, the way the offense has been producing. Um, like we mentioned, how Mookie turned around his his slow start to the season, which is great to see. He's Mookie Betts. He's an elite level talent. Um, I saw hot takes of, of weirdos on Twitter saying that Mookie should have been batting ninth at certain points, which was rich to me <laughs> because I don't understand why you're looking at the other people in the lineup and saying that they were all simultaneously hitting better than Mookie Betts at that time. Anyway. And, and yeah, we've, we've seen flashes from Cody Bellinger again, which is super important. Trey Turner had his, um, that like 30 something game on base streak that snapped eventually. Um, and he was playing really well in there. His numbers have dipped a little bit since then, but still been a, a very solid producer in the middle of that lineup. Um, I do want to mention, I, I don't, I'm not, there are certain things in sports that I'm totally good with an asterisk being there and certain things that I'm not at all. Um, when there's a hit streak that goes from one season to the next, <laughs> like, you don't like that. 
I I kind of don't. <laughs> I kind of like I always see those and I go, okay, yeah, there there was like five months in the middle of that where they didn't play at all. But you know, I mean, look, it's still it's still not easy. It's you know, if it was super easy to get a hit in every game, then everybody would do it. So um there, you know, it's important, but uh I wouldn't like talk about it as something that's like super significant you know what i mean like it's like i'm i my great fear is that somebody's going to break dimaggio's hit streak but they're going to do it across two across seasons. seasons yeah <laughs> see i think at that point that would kind of be like uh no i i get it like tracking it across the year i think you're right but i don't want to admit it mm. um yeah i i do think ultimately like if something like that they would say oh uh yeah we meant a single season yeah <laughs> Yeah, like they they would find the uh, they would find the loophole there. But I ultimately I think you're right. But uh, let the people have their fun, man. Yes, I'll just it's fine. You know, you can. It ended anyway. It was a Mickey Mouse. Just you can just say it was a Mickey Mouse hit streak now. (laughs) Mickey Mouse streak. You'll get like 40,000 Twitter followers for some reason. (laughs) Oh, God. Just that, Did you that. see the video of Chris Paul like yelling yes. at a teenager? Yes. That yeah, is, that was... I just want everybody to know that like when you argue with someone on Twitter and they're like, oh, that was a Mickey Mouse World Series or that was a Mickey Mouse ring for Lay Mickey. Like that's who you're arguing with. So please just keep that in mind <laughs> if you consider typing like anything to somebody that says shit like that. Like, you are arguing with like a 14 year old that has that stupid fucking haircut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where it like it just is floppy on top and short as fuck on the sides and they have for some reason like a single piercing on their ear that's a dangling cross like you do not have to engage with them you really don't uh, and if you're like if you're like a, a a sports radio host that adopts that language like you are bowing down and bending the knee to kids that look like that so please think about that as well <laughs> Oh God, Mickey Mouse uh, as an adjective is is just so horribly cringy. <laughs> These kids are fucking losers. It's, yeah, no, it's, um, it's the stupidest. <laughs> uh, now on offense, there has been a, a couple people with their numbers down a little bit. Um, Will Smith has been batting cleanup heavily now, which is good to see. He should be. Um, Justin Turner was there, and his. Uh, him and Max Muncie have been slipping in the order a little bit because um, quite frankly, their numbers are not terribly good to start the season. However, I think that despite the fact that both of them um, have poor numbers, I think that they are two completely different stories to be told right now. Um, if you look at Max Muncie at the moment, his line is 138, 330, 288. Um, I think he has the second lowest batting average in the majors right now, just above Joey Votto, who is just, <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I think somebody somewhere is punishing Joey Votto for something. I don't know what, but he's, he's trapped in Cincinnati and, uh, it, uh, he's probably crying his way up to the plate every time. And that's why he's hitting like one twelve or whatever. Um, but he's got his TikTok, so he'll be all right. <laughs> Um, but yes, it's an incredibly low batting average for Max Muncy, but I, I want to point out a couple important things here. Um, his expected weighted on base average is in the 84th percentile, meaning that he's hitting the ball incredibly well and should be getting on base 
even more than he actually does. The fact that he has an on-base percentage nearly 200 points higher than his batting average is also insane uh, because he's literally in the 100th percentile in walk rate and 98th percentile in chase rate, which is it goes along with the fact that we've known this about Muncie for years now. And we talked about this really at the start of last season as well, when his numbers didn't look good, but he was still getting on base at an incredibly high rate because of the fact that he is the most patient hitter in baseball. (laughs) Uh, He has an elite understanding of the strike zone. And sometimes that elite understanding of the strike zone is better than the understanding of the umpire of the strike zone and so that's why he'll have sometimes where he, he gets screwed over on calls he gets gets more strikeouts looking um but his barrel rate is in the 89th percentile um so he is making hard contact still when he does swing he just is very very selective uh, when he swings so given the fact that uh, yes 138 is a terrible batting average he still is getting on base at 330, and that's super important. Uh, he's still hitting the ball well, and that's super important. The problem is, and uh, this goes to a much larger discussion about the state of baseball right now. Um, right now, it's you're getting punished more than ever for hitting the ball hard because the ball is made of a a 10 pound weight or or something. I don't know. Basically these baseballs are so poorly constructed and the league knows it. And everyone knows it quite frankly, um, that it is, it is killing power across the sport. Um, I wish I could find the exact numbers right now, but there are, are certain, uh, balls with, with a specific, when you have a like an exit velocity of around 100 miles an hour, the launch angle between like 16 to 22 degrees um, in past seasons, these balls with this level of contact will be home runs like 70, 80 percent of the time this season. It's around like 25 percent. And that's because these balls are constructed differently. Um, you have the dead balls that are left over from last season that they're still using. You have new dead balls that that are also being put through humidors in every park. This was something that was just kind of slid under uh, what had been going on with all the CBA stuff prior to the season. Is that like a week or two before the season, they just kind of mentioned, oh, by the way, we're now going to implement the humidor in every major league park which it hadn't been there for like 26 parks (laughs) prior to the season. It was like 22, 26, only a couple parks had it notably places like Colorado and Arizona, where the ball tends to fly because of the altitude. Um, Basically what humidors do is they negate the effect of the altitude by kind of dampening the ball a little bit. So that way it's a heavier baseball. Um, It, it, it loosens the, uh, the stitching on the ball a little bit. So, it doesn't bounce off the bat as hard. It kind of is, it's a, it's a bit more dead contact with the bat and therefore it doesn't go as far. Um, so implementing the humidor across the league has been something that's, that's been impacting the sport as a whole. We're, we're having the discussion again about the fact that offense across the league is down. It's, uh, you know, batting averages, uh, the lowest has been since, you know, the sixties, which is the same conversation we had at the start of last season. Um, which, yeah. We, and the, the cool thing is that that just means that like in August or September, they'll take the humidors out and, <laughs> you know, his or hitters are going to have to adjust again and pitchers are going to have to adjust again. Yeah. Um, very good, very good way to treat this sport. Um, I'm so happy that people that are in charge are in charge. It's very <laughs> awesome. 
And it's pissing everyone off, too. We had a couple of weeks ago, Chris Bassett of the Mets went to reporters and he's like, look, the, the ball is terrible. He, he straight up said the the commissioner and the league does not know what they're doing. It's the ball changes by inning. They'll they'll it will come out and it'll feel one way one inning and it'll feel a different way the next inning. And because of that, not only is this affecting the hitters in terms of their their uh, their quality of contact, it's affecting pitchers control because since the ball feels different, sometimes they get a different grip on the on the ball and it makes it more likely that they're going to hit the batter. And we've actually seen that like people are getting hit by the pitch more because of the fact that pitchers are struggling with having that grip, which of course goes back to the, um, the, the sticky stuff, man. Uh, that was a way in which they kind of negated the variables that came with having different balls used throughout the game. Now, because they can't do that and they have balls that, that literally the, 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 um, like how far up the stitching feels uh, that makes a difference. How glossy the ball might feel that makes a difference. All these things make a difference to the pitcher and it's affecting both the pitcher and the hitter right now. And I just don't understand why, like, why do you do this? Why would you want this? Like what is the point? I will propose to Mr. Rob Manfred and I believe Theo Epstein is now in charge of this dog shit. Um, You guys can ban the shift which I'm fully in favor of, to be honest with you, you can ban the shift and we can just have regular baseballs. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. I I'll, think that's a good trade-off. Ban I'll the shift it. and juice the baseball. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I just recently watched um, Disney has been adding a lot of 30 for thirties to Disney mm-hmm. plus. Um, and since I have nothing but time now, <laughs> um, I, I've wa- I watched the, uh, the, the McGuire Sosa documentary that they made. Um, and I noticed two things and I think one thing, um, those stadiums were fucking packed in the middle of the summer. It, you know, just full of people to watch these guys do nothing but hit dingers. And <laughs> part of that is probably just because it was cheaper to go in the nineties. Um, but also like, do you think that they don't understand that people that don't fucking consume like you and me and people like us, we are going to consume baseball no matter what we are going to watch the game. Yeah. And right. we're going to say like, Oh, this fucking sucks. Cause they're not like they're fucking with the ball, but we'll still watch it. But there are a lot more people that are not going to watch baseball. If it is just the same boring ass sport that they conceive it to be. But like that summer where McGuire and Sosa were just launching dingers, like Everybody wanted to watch. People filled the fucking stadiums. Wrigley was packed. Every time they showed a Sosa home run, the fucking bleachers were full. Every time they showed a McGuire home run at Bush, the bleachers were full. Like, how do you not piece that together that the casual fan wants to be entertained? Yeah. Casual fans do not give a fuck if Max Scherzer or Clayton Kershaw or whoever has a one-hit gem through seven innings if their fucking team is not scoring runs yeah. <laughs> or hitting bombs, like yeah. they don't care. So yes, I, you can take the shift. I fully support banning the shift. I don't care. I, I've caught on to the idea that a hard hit ball up the middle should always be a base hit. Mm. That's just, that's just baseball. I don't think you should be moving the third baseman over to cover that gap between the shortstop and the second baseman. That's stupid. Mm. Um, so yes, you can you can ban the shift if you please just put regular baseballs back into play. 
you don't even have to juice them. Just find a neutral midpoint. Yeah. Please. Yeah. And, and find a, a consistency with it. Yeah, I think that's, like, that's the other big I will, thing. If, if Max Muncy can hit fucking tanks that go halfway up the bleachers, mm-hmm. that's fine. Just make sure that like Austin Barnes isn't doing the same thing. <laughs> find a middle ground for that. <laughs> Which is hilarious because, uh, Max Muncy and Austin Barnes currently both have three home runs this season, which is really <laughs> Barnes funny. Barnes hit a home run into the wind in Wrigley, <laughs> which is like that pitcher should honestly, he should consider uh, Sudoku after that. Uh, that has been the most underrated, hilarious aspect of this season, though, thus far has been Austin Barnes just casually crushing a ball out of nowhere <laughs> once a week. Yeah. Well, every- <laughs> Like, that's uh, fine. I need, you know, Austin Barnes has to do that if Kershaw insists on Barnes being his personal catcher. Like, yeah, yeah. He needs to just not be a black hole every uh, other at bat. Uh, be the funniest thing in the world if, like, Austin Barnes ends up with 20 home runs out of nowhere this season. Oh, dude, I'd just... love it. <laughs> It'd be so funny. Uh, but simply, we can point to all the numbers in terms of showing the impact of this horrible baseball <laughs> on the league thus far. But if you're watching the games, I, I think you're aware of it. Like Max Muncy a week ago hit a ball that he destroyed. And one of my favorite things about Max Muncy is when he hits a home run, you can tell the second he makes contact with it. Yeah. And, and we've always been able to do that. Um, he did that. He hit a ball that was, it was right over the heart of the plate he destroyed it. He dropped his bat. He watched it. It landed at the warning track and it was an out. And, and you, you saw that and went, there is something wrong here. This was so clearly a crushed baseball. How did this not go out? So uh, I, you know, Gavin Lux has talked about it. He's had a couple that he's destroyed and died at the track. It's, it's happening for a lot of people. And so when you look at kind of basically with Max's numbers, again, He's he's got the second lowest batting average in the league. Um, I don't care. He's he's still hitting the ball hard. He's going to be fine um, because there is also the other argument of well, it's it's colder, <laughs> and then typically offense picks up in the summer because it gets hot. And sure, we did just have a couple days ago where like five or six games were rained out. Like the weather does yeah. have that impact. Uh, and that famously, happens. famously uh, cold. Uh, Southern California, Los Angeles, <laughs> totally explains that. <laughs> yes, that that's the other side of it is that the weather doesn't impact everyone. Um, so, yeah, it's just just figure your shit out. It's 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 just great that you know, I it's so hard to understand why Major League Baseball insisted on because it, one of their big things that that Manfred talks about himself is finding ways to uh, make sure we've got more offense in the game and not as many strikeouts and not as many outs. And I don't know why his answer to that is to deaden the baseball yeah, and to no, make well, it harder. See, the idea is to just put the ball in play because the old guys that watch baseball, their synapses fire um, <laughs> as soon as they just hear the bat crack. So they think that like you know, they hear that and they wake up for their nap for two seconds and then just fall right back asleep. So <laughs> that's why they like that. Oh God. Um, I just real quick, uh, mm-hmm. 
before we end this show, we have to, there's a non-baseball topic I want to discuss, but it is going to be spoiler heavy for people that haven't seen Dr. Strange. Well, so. we can, we'll, we'll wrap there. There is one other player I do want to talk about first before I just, I just, we wrap baseball. my, my brain, uh, my brain doesn't work completely now. So like I'll have thoughts that just escape. That's fine. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but I, I also Bring do want over. to warn the, uh, the people listening that I'm going to, to ruin this movie for you. So if okay. you cared, please turn off the episode after we're done talking about baseball. <laughs> um, one player that we want to touch on before uh, we spoil Dr. Strange. Um, that is Justin Turner. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, I think this is the one area where we can have a legitimate complaint about somebody not producing. And quite frankly, as opposed to where Max Muncy, his, his numbers are down, there's plenty of reason to believe that he'll be fine. At the moment, there's not plenty of reason to believe that Justin Turner is going to be fine. You call him Justin Turner. I call him Maytag because, boy, <laughs> he is washed. <laughs> um, now, Turner did like crush a, a couple <laughs> a couple balls last night in Chicago. Um, and it's like, OK, maybe maybe if maybe he's coming back, maybe this is simply him just having a slow start, which um happens with him yeah i mean I usually he's usually he's injured right now anyway so it, right <laughs> right so maybe it, that's it should be kind of like amazing that he's even on the field right now <laughs> but i want to i want to note a couple things 15th percentile in average exit velocity 20th and expected weighted on base on base average 16th percent in expected batting average 28th percentile and expected slugging there's really nothing here where you look at his quality of contact and say, Oh, well, you know, there's some bad luck. There's reason to believe he's turning it around overall. Turner's just not been very good. <laughs> this, this start of the, the season. And we're not seeing many signs in which it's going to get better for him. His line right now is 174, 225, 250, six, 16 hits in 92 at bats, just one home run. Um, this is something that we've kind of anticipated, like both since you and I started this podcast, we've been talking about players who would take over third base for Justin Turner. Yeah. Um, so this is not super surprising. There was a cliff that was coming for JT and maybe he's fallen off of it. Um, it's, it's always hard to watch someone who is legitimately a Dodgers legend. Uh, kind of reach that precipice. Mm -hmm. But I think with Justin Turner, it always felt as though it could come at any moment because there really was no reason for him to be as good as he is. Like it's a testament to his hard work. Yeah. And, and everything that he's put into his career to mm -hmm. really like, I, I think Justin Turner along with Fernando Valenzuela is the main reason the Dodgers need to get rid of their stupid ass hall of fame uh, rule for retired numbers, because there's yes. no reason Mm -hmm. No reason that Justin that, that Justin Turner should not have his jersey retired as a Dodger. Like none. There's mm -hmm. none. He he led the turnaround for this team that made them actual contenders to win the World Series rather than just a team that won a lot of regular season games. Like yeah. Um. But you know, like time comes for us all. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, I, I, would anybody be shocked if Tom Brady like suddenly just falls off a cliff this year? 
No. Like, I don't think it's going to happen, but it, it might. And like, he, Justin Turner could turn it around, but like you said, like the peripherals just aren't really there for him to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think the frustrating thing is that having Justin Turner as kind of like that David Freeze role or that, that guy that the Dodgers have always acquired late season to kind of like be a steady bench hand, mm-hmm. having Turner there to do that would kind of be like having that role on steroids. And, you know, you can bring up Miguel Vargas, who I believe is still tearing the ball up in Oklahoma city, mm-hmm. like, and probably be better off. I mean, it's it, but it is just, it's sad. And this is a, this is where like the sentimental part of like the Dodgers always kills me. Like yeah. when you can see a guy is just not doing well. Um, it's tough. And like, they still insist, I think on playing Turner, like as much as they can, like with the DH and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, it's kind of painful. And it, it's sad to go from like a year or two ago where it was like, you'd have two guys on and you're like, Oh, Justin Turner is definitely getting, a, you know, he's knocking somebody in right here. Right. And now it's just kind of like, uh, you can, uh, you can go grab a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I it's, it's tough because like I said, we've been kind of anticipating this. And the fact that he's been as productive for as long as he's been is, is a blessing. And I think that the only, if you want to grab onto something and be like, no, JT will be fine. Is you look at his numbers last year where he was still very good. Um, and maybe this is just a slow start and he's just overall just just trying to work his way into it. Um, <sighs> Luckily, the team is so good that it, <laughs> it doesn't matter at the moment. Um, and you can allow him some time to to maybe work through his issues and um, and and be more productive. But um, yeah, even even as a a bench bat it's it's hard to imagine because like right now you know edwin rios is on the bench and he's like barely used um having the the dh has has made bench bats not as important which is good um it's also good to see the fact that like our starters are playing every day you know this isn't this isn't very typical of this dodgers management to especially early in the season not rest guys that much, yeah. you know, like Freddie Freeman is playing every day and he's always been somebody who's played every day and he'll probably continue to be that and Trey Turner's playing every day. Mookie's playing pretty much every day. He's gotten a rest day or two here and there. Um, you know, even like Cody's playing every day. Um, Chris Taylor's playing every day. So I would like to see them maybe something they, they could do. The problem is, is like there's nobody who can really play third super well. They they put Muncie at third when JT's DH, and Muncie's not that great of a third baseman. <laughs> so um, that's kind of the other. I like I'd imagine JT wouldn't be playing that much if Edwin Rios could actually defend third decently. Yeah. Um. So the the thoughts I've had is like, well, I guess make Max every day a third, have Lux every day at second, and you can platoon JT and Rios as DH. Um, just right now, only start Turner against lefties, even though he's typically been totally fine against right-handers. Um, but that would give Rios a little bit more action. And we saw in spring, like his swing is is good, and it would be 
fun to kind of have that in the lineup a little bit more. Um, that's a, a potential solution. I wouldn't be surprised if at the trade deadline, the Dodgers try to find a guy who can play third. Um, and whether that means that JT plays less overall or, um, you know, just kind of DH is more, eh. I'll give you a name. This guy, this guy's hitting 304, 360, 413. He's got a couple home runs. Um, he's, he's been, uh, it's Sheldon noisy. Let's, <laughs> uh, isn't that fucking insane? Noisy, noisy has been ridiculous <laughs> this season. And I, I mean, I guess like, I don't know, we should be, I mean, of course I'm surprised, but you um, just can't, I don't know. He had all year last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's different. <laughs> different in Oakland, man. Wouldn't that be the most ridiculous thing in the world, though? If if Noisy is like actually productive for the first half of this season, and then the Dodgers trade for him at the deadline, they would trade for him at the deadline, and he stinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, of course, like I haven't looked too much into like potential options in terms of what 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 the trade market will look like. Um, for third baseman, but um, yeah, I don't know. That might be interesting. Like a Michael Franco was playing well for the Nationals. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy who might be dangled at the deadline if if, if he's still playing well. Man, or, I, I think it's I think it's just it's it's as simple as Vargas, man. Yeah, yeah, I it think is. It's, I think it's that simple. Or you know, he'll end well, up with Brandon Drury. Um, <laughs> these are kind of the names that I will be out there. I I did not know that the Reds have won five total games this year. Yes, that is very funny to me. Um, <laughs> I also think that Joey Votto is the most interesting trade candidate possible if the yeah. Reds decide to move him. Mm-hmm. I think I think Joey Votto as a DH would be like an insane prospect. Yeah, because he's too good of a hitter to not figure it out eventually. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like. I I would be so curious to see if anybody is smart enough to go after Joey Votto at the deadline. Right. But Joey Votto is also such a weird guy. He might be like, please don't <laughs> trade me. Like I want to be here. We make jokes about him being miserable in Cincinnati, but like, honestly, that could be why he's playing so terribly. Like it's, I'm sure it's rather miserable to be a member of the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, right like, so I, um, I can't, how do you, how do you only have five total wins? It is a 19 win pace. And I <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's so good. <laughs> please, please, please just let that happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that would be like that would be by far the worst record of anybody ever, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Please. God, if there's please, if anything, please let that happen. <laughs> I did the, the Dodgers lost the game to the Reds, didn't they? Uh no. No, did they, they swept them, sure? I thought. I I did I they? They might have. Uh, Maybe I'm misremembering. I was in the <laughs> hospital when that series happened. So I thought so. Let's 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 see the five. Oh, no, wins. they swept them. Yeah, they swept okay. them. Okay, yeah. Um, let's oh, let's look did. at what the five wins are for the Cincinnati Reds. Well, they won yesterday, so maybe they have. Do they have six now? No, I, I believe it's that five was number five. Today, yeah. That was number five. Okay. When did the regular season actually start? Um, was it April March seventh or April eighth? April 8th for the Dodgers, April 7th for most other teams. They've won the Reds have won two of their last three. They beat so, the Braves. 
let's uh, let's you know they beat the pirates twice let's <laughs> yeah yeah so let's not they beat uh, the cardinals not bury right. them just yet <laughs> they're, they're they're gonna turn it around yes this is uh oh my god can you imagine losing a game to the reds that's embarrassing <laughs> good god oh yeah they did they they <laughs> beat the braves on opening day and then uh it's only up from here, fellas. <laughs> they did have a winning record at one point this season. You can't say that they didn't. Um, last bit of interesting Dodger notes. It looks like Ryan Pepio is going to start Wednesday against the Pirates, which um, is good because the Pirates just lost two of three games to the Cincinnati Reds. So I'm sure Pepio has been facing stronger lineups in triple a so so uh, famous just, last words <laughs> let's let's give him let's give him an easy raise one. that jolly roger everybody <laughs> um yeah so that'll be interesting to see pepio has been uh, you know we've we've talked about him plenty as a prospect he's he's finally cracked the top 100 prospects he, he slowly got into there at the start of the season uh, across the majors he's currently 2 and 0 with a 205 ERA 26 in the third innings 36 strikeouts a 1.14 whip um we know that uh, Keith Law talked about the fact that Pepio if he was in the majors right now he would have one of the best changeups in the league um so this is exciting and this is great to see um it also, I don't know what it means in terms of the way the rest of the staff is looking at the moment. I think because of the fact that there was that rain out uh, in Chicago, I think the Dodgers have to play like 22 games over the over a 21 yeah, day. Yeah, something span. like 30 games in 31 days or something like yeah. that. It's really sad. So I, this could be a situation in which he's being brought in to kind of lengthen the starting rotation a little bit. Um, it also means, you know, Haney's not quite ready to come back yet, which uh, is fine. Ace Haney can take his time. He, he's, uh, we're going to need him in game three of the NLDS. So it's, it's, it's going to be all right. Um, I love the fact that Andrew Haney instantly like, looked like elite for his first two starts. On the I, know. I remember like, so shit. many, so many people being like, Oh, you're relying on Andrew Haney. Guys are stupid. Uh, I made a joke, but not really a joke on Twitter about how the Dodgers fixed Andrew Haney. And like instantly angels fans are like, Oh, come on. Two starts. <laughs> just wait, just wait. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is actually not the same pitcher. Yeah. He was, he was throwing his sweeper pitch like half the time speaking, and people were unable to hit it. Speaking of just wait, uh, angels in first place. Come on guys. Just, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> I legitimately hope that the angels win that division. Oh no, I would think, I think it would be awesome. Yeah. But, that needs to happen. It, yeah. It'd be great for baseball for the Angels, actually. If we good. could actually get two of the, the most exciting players in baseball into the postseason for once, that'd be really good. Don't fuck this up, Angels. <laughs> yeah. Do not. Uh, I'm sure Taylor Ward will be one of the best players in baseball yeah. all season. So Unfortunately, the Astros are just a half game behind them. So uh, <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Cool. Love that. How, how are our Mariners doing? Uh, our, Wait, mariners, <laughs> our mariners are uh 13 and 6 hey hey what the we're... our red Sox are 10 and 19 are they that bad good <laughs> the mariners are 13 and 16 yeah, they, what did i say 13 and 6 oh no 13 and 6 that's, <laughs> that's, that's much different <laughs> uh it's all right it's all right they've they've uh 
they had a rough patch. Their young guns out there. They've got that yeah. plus one run differential. It's positive. Yeah, they've just they've lost eight of their last ten, but that's okay. <laughs> I love it's... looking at run differential. Like, yeah. <laughs> across baseball, the average is probably like plus thirty. The Yankees are plus forty nine. Uh, then you have the Dodgers that are plus seventy four. <laughs> in the middle of may the beginning of may so good i saw another um another bit of information today once again just tweeted by eric steven look this this entire podcast is just scrolling through eric steven's twitter account and scrolling through baseball savant so um if if you don't think you can do a podcast that's all you need to do that's (laughs) that's that's literally all it takes um oh yeah well it was it was from uh from craig goldstein um, who mentioned that um, if you look at the first 26 games, um, the Dodgers 60 runs allowed places them best among all teams dating back to 1988. Only the 2016 Cubs and Nationals 2019 Dodgers came close and that's 66 and 60 to 69. Um, so yeah, they, it's, it's absurd. The Dodgers pitching staff is, is, They've allowed 60 runs over the first 26 games, which is the uh, fifth best mark all time. Um, and two of those came in 1907. So, you know, um, and yeah, their run differential at plus 74 is more than double everyone else in the league. So, uh, but only two starters have an above at league average K rate. So, Greg Goldstein thinks that it's because the defense is doing much of the work, which is interesting because if you've watched the defense, it's definitely not a flawless defense. Yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> um, all right. Um, any that, other tidbits on the Dodgers? That's here? enough baseball. Let's get to that's, the spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 spoil this shit. If you haven't seen Doctor Strange, um, we're gonna we're gonna talk openly about stuff in that movie right now. Um, and I, I want to lead it off by saying, um, my dad is in the film. <laughs> is he really? <laughs> yes. When? yes. Um, well, he's, he's an extra in a couple scenes, but one that he is for certain in, and this is again, spoilers, um, uh, is the Charlize Theron. Uh, oh, okay. Scene. The incredible. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's intriguing to read the leaks around these movies. Cause there's so much stuff that like, people say and then it's not true and then everybody instantly is like oh well that's fake then and you should be burned at the stake and it's like well no like covid kind of changed everything for these productions guys Mm -hmm. like they could have had any number of ideas like that there was a rumor that deadpool was going to be in the post credit scene and maybe (laughs) maybe that was the original idea and then they changed their mind like who knows right Uh, any number of things could happen um my thing and uh i want to say that normally i hate when the internet like bands together to make something happen. Uh, I think fan castings are the worst fucking things that have ever happened. Because, <laughs> like fans are so overly concerned with like making sure that people look like the character they're portraying and not like yeah. their actual acting ability. Yeah. Like everybody that got mad because Pedro Pascal is going to play Joel in the last of us on HBO when like, <laughs> he's, you know, kind of really a perfect actor for that, that role and that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, usually let's be honest, a lot of time that's because they're mad. They're not white. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I say all that to say that if John Krasinski is not the casting of Reed Richards, when they make the fantastic four movie, I'm going to be very disappointed because I thought he was awesome for the, the small amount of time that he was on the screen. He was really good. 
Um, and a, a theory floating around that I, I hope is true is that uh, John Watts or whatever the dude's name is, the guy that made Spider-Man, mm. he left the Fantastic Four because Krasinski is going to act and direct in it. Oh, which I think that <laughs> I think that's fine because I yeah. Krasinski, uh, Quiet Place is very good. Mm. <laughs> like they're both very well-made movies. So if Krasinski wants to make a Marvel movie, sure, go ahead. But yeah, I just I I was skeptical at first when I I saw that that was going to be a thing, but he, he was actually pretty uh mm. pretty good in the role. Yeah. So I, I hope yeah. that remains the uh the solid idea. I uh I thoroughly enjoyed it because I uh, Evil Dead Two is one of my favorite horror films, and uh the entire climax of Doctor Strange 2 is Evil Dead 2. So uh that that was I I loved it. <laughs> I, I thought it was wild, but it is also um very much a movie that I would understand if you didn't like it because it is it is very stylistic. Well it see, is I, a very specific style. I feel and like so, the yeah. I feel like the people that watch these movies that don't like this one don't like it because it doesn't I don't want to say it follow it doesn't follow the same formula because it very much does. Like it's definitely a teaser for whatever they're going to make next. Yeah. But like we've said, like this is the first time we watched one of these movies where you could tell that Sam Raimi made the movie. Right. Like they yeah. let Sam Raimi actually make a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas otherwise you kind of just, you, <laughs> you could tell me anybody directed some of these movies and I would say, Oh yeah, that sure. That tracks. like like the only other thing i can think of is maybe thor uh maybe ragnarok but Mm -hmm. like other than that like there's no discernible features about any of these movies yeah it it is it is what it is i mean if you want to say james gunn's hallmark is like old music then i'll give you guardians of the galaxy but even then like that's still straight it still rides the uh the the formula pretty pretty closely right so and yeah, I, I think my favorite Raimi thing about this movie was ending it with fucking Doctor Strange being in an immense pain. Like, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> you don't see that ever. They always yeah. have happy endings in these movies. So yeah, having the yeah. guy fucking screaming in the middle of the street as an eye opens on his forehead. <laughs> that was fun. Um, where did you see the movie? Uh, I saw it at the Burbank 16. Okay. Yes. Uh, which if. If you ever want to actually uh, see any of the people involved with the productions of these movies, please go to the Burbank 16. My my cousin saw Eternals at that theater, and I believe Kumail Nanjani came out before the movie. Um, and then when I saw Doctor Strange, I got to uh, be introduced by uh, Kevin Feige, Sam Raimi, Danny Elfman, and I, Michael Waldron, I think, is the writer. They were all there to introduce the film. And everybody was... It was funny because, like... <laughs> The movie they they did their whole intro like the uh, the the Nicole Kidman thing played, um, <laughs> and like they had the intro to the theater, and then all of a sudden the lights turned on and everybody was pissed because it's like are they gonna fucking like tell us there's something wrong with the theater and the showing's canceled and then some <laughs> asshole hops on a microphone and then everybody realizes who was talking. Um, <laughs> very, a <laughs> very uh, a fun little fun little thing and that's you know that's the that's the benefit we have of living in hollywood baby any anything can happen the stars can come out at any moment here in hollywood uh if you're not here you're you're missing out (laughs) yeah no i i i thoroughly enjoyed it i think um uh that's my favorite bruce campbell cameo so that's that's good um (laughs) and uh i don't know i i 
outside of a couple random weird complaints I've seen, it, it seems to be that the consensus is if you didn't like it, it's because you just kind of it just wasn't your thing. And if it's not your thing, that's that's fine. It's definitely a it's it's a horror film like and and it's 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 a weird and wacky one. And it's in Raimi's style of horror, um, which I think is a lot of fun. And it's also not like, you know, it's it's not fucking Ari Aster, like trying to, you know, tear your brain apart. Like, <laughs> and that's good because uh, Disney's gonna, not going to do that with, you know, yeah, a, a guy again, who has a show with California Adventure. If you're complaining about <laughs> Disney not making a genre horror film uh, for their fucking franchise that makes bajillions of dollars, like you really need to like kind of just look inside yourself and question what you're doing here. <laughs> oh man wow what a rush oh yeah moon knight was also a good did you watch moon knight yeah i enjoyed it that was fine it was was, it's weird i do think i do think it's interesting that i saw people be like oh i thought it was so cool when she saves that bus full of girls and the one girl is like are you an egyptian superhero and she's like yeah i am uh, everybody was like, oh, that was so cool and, and such a nice bit of representation. But also uh, everybody flipped their shit when they did that fucking like two second girl team up in Avengers. <laughs> everybody got mad at that. And uh, I do question why one is OK and the other isn't because it's fundamentally the same fucking thing. <laughs> uh, God. I enjoyed I, I did. I did really enjoy seeing Captain Carter done in a movie. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think that that was that was a nice thing to to add. Um, and of course, having Pat, Patrick Stewart was was awesome. And and yeah, the fact that Sam Raimi had had zero reservations about just killing each Murdering and every one people, of them yeah. in brutal ways was hilarious. And <laughs> and it's fantastic. And uh, uh, I don't know what more you can ask of for that if you oh, if you wanted man. it to be more than that. But hey. Well, um, we've got uh, one month down. This is uh, now three seasons. This is officially the third season premiere of Swing Shift with Ryan and Bo. Um, hopefully, we've got some bigger things coming on the horizon. But who knows? You know, I mean, oh, we can we can live we can live talk to uh, we can live talk the first inning of this riveting Dodgers Pirates game. <laughs> yes. 3:30 start, baby. Hell yeah! This will be um, this will be very poignant content for whenever this, <laughs> this is posted. Oh, um, Jose Quintana is apparently on the Pirates. That's wow, that's interesting. Um, Today I learned. <laughs> uh, no, I it's it's been a lot of work for me for the last couple weeks. Just oh, has it has um, it been a lot of work for you? Well, it's. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, I've just been working a good amount. I, I'm not doing, you know, I did, I did see, I, I did see, oh, wait, no, this is what I wanted to mention about Dr. Strange. I totally forgot. Okay. So when I went to the theater um, with Audrey and I, we had the, the we were in the back row um, and the row in front of us um, were a bunch of teenagers. This is a, it was a packed theater. It was Friday night in the, in the chairs in front of us in the two seats directly in front of us, there were four people sitting in those seats. And, and this is, you know, I'm sorry, one of, like on each other's laps or. Yeah. So this is, <laughs> this is, um, and these, this is one of the theaters with, you know, the, the nice leather recliners, but um, 
definitely meant for one person, not really like, you know, there are some theaters that have like two combo seats and you, you know, you kind of, you, you can, you're able to lift up the middle bar and it turns into more of a love seat and you're, and you're able to, to hang out like that. Um, no, not, not these, these had, you know, solitary, uh, arms on, on either side of, of both seats. And so in these two seats, you had four people sitting there. Um, I don't know how this worked because again, as, as with most theaters, now you have to buy specific seats. Um, and this was a pack that there were no empty seats around us. So I don't know how they swung this, but, um, fucking teenagers, man. I, I, just, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, like this is a two hour movie, you know, like you, you gotta be really desperate for, <laughs> for, <laughs> for anything. Um, if you're fully willing to have somebody just sit, it's not even like, you can't really share it. Like they had to like sit on top of each other for the entirety of this two hour film. And, and I just, and these are, again, I'm saying teenagers, but like they, they weren't like tiny kids. Like they were, they, they were full, almost full grown adults in terms of size. And so you're, you're there, you're just laying on top of one another for the entirety of this two hour film. And I'm just like, what, what are you doing? Like, what, come on, <laughs> like, this can't be comfortable. <laughs> this can't be an enjoyable experience for both of you. This is, this is a packed movie theater. Um, at one point too, for the entirety of the trailers, they, they were looking for something on the ground that, that had fallen. Um, so they're standing there with their cell phone lights, searching everything. It was fucking annoying as shit. At the end of the movie, they found it. It was on the ground in front of them. It was not in the chair at all. It was simply on the ground. So, um, not surprising given that, uh, these kids were idiots. So, um, I guess this is just, you know, me being on my curmudgeon soapbox, yeah, but kind of yelling at a cloud right now. <laughs> I just thought it was fascinating to see these teenagers so committed to sitting four people to two seats. Um, and come on, like there, there, there had to be a point like five minutes into the movie where they realized this is a bad idea, right? Like this is, this is there's a very long time that you're going to have to deal with this, but you know, whatever more power to them um. <laughs> all right everybody that uh that wraps it up today tune in, tune in next <laughs> that's, time. All, that's all i got when uh, um, when ryan yells at teenagers for skateboarding <laughs> uh maybe we'll do this next monday we'll see we'll see how uh we'll see how things yeah are i mean on. i'm currently held hostage by a small terrorist so mm-hmm. um <laughs> It's over. Uh, well, hey, listen, we're back. We're back at it. It's a new season of Dodger baseball. The Dodgers are going to win 130 games and and losing the NLCS. So the Dodgers going to win 130 those. games while the Padres win 131. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh, I saw that graphic last night on Sunday Night Baseball where they're like, "Oh, Dodgers eight straight division titles," and then the Giants won. 107 games last season and i forgot i forgot that the dodgers didn't win the division last year (laughs) (laughs) i just Uh, think about the fact that they beat the giants in the division series yeah which again that's man that's so good yeah and i i don't want to like i don't want to jinx it i also don't believe in jinxes but i i don't think the giants are going to win 107 games again this year so for for the dodgers to uh be the ones to win that first ever playoff series and end their year last year that I'm 
totally fine with however that season uh, went. That's beautiful to me. Absolutely. Well, as always, uh, thank you to the house band Ass Life. Oh, uh, one last Dodger thing. Uh, Trevor Bauer's gone forever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Suck that's it, right. We loser. totally forgot about that. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Later, bitch. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SwingShiftRNB. Um, our boys in Ass Life can play us off. Um, as always, fuck you, uh, Don Wooten. And, um, I, you know what? Actually, you know, as always, fuck you, Trevor Bauer. Yes. <laughs> Good luck with all that. Shit. You got a couple of, uh, of uh, uh, lawsuits that he's, he's throwing against journalists because that's that always works. <laughs> Defamation yeah. suits against public figures. Oh, so, hey, easy money. <laughs> you got that one. Good job. Um, it, spoiler. Um, defamation suits are the easiest thing to shoot down for like when you're a public figure and like journalists say things about you it's it's you're you, there's not much you can do about it okay jerry west isn't gonna take hbo to court to the supreme court because he doesn't like the fact that he um his character yells the f word a lot <laughs> it's it, whatever dude like you're a public figure like people can kind of take liberties with that it's not you know they're they're not like telling the world that you were a a a serial killer like it's it's not it's you know it's just a when it's a perception of your personality it's it's not not much you can really do about that um and in terms of with bauer like journal you know uh, outlets were just reporting things that were in the restraining order so um that's kind of doing their job. There's not much else you can do. If, uh, you know, as far as if they personally think you're guilty or not, doesn't fucking matter. Like they're just doing their job reporting shit that's in the restraining order. Um, you can't really charge them for defaming your name for um, reporting things that are out in the public. But he's gonna whatever. try. You know, he's got time on his hands, so why not? Yeah, I guess <laughs> you're not gonna do anything. What are you gonna why, do? Pitch in the majors? You're gone for two years. You can't. Why, why doesn't Trevor Bauer want to work anymore? That's my question. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. Uh, well, you know what? You know, he wouldn't have a two year suspension if he simply uh, cooperated with Major League Baseball. <laughs> he's, he's the first person. The reason why his suspension is so long is because he. Uh, is not negotiating <laughs> every domestic violence um, and and ev- any sort of suspension like that has been negotiated. Even like fucking Sam Dyson, uh, who got a year uh, for being very guilty of doing bad things. Um, he he negotiated that like every suspension is negotiated. Trevor Bauer said, I'm not negotiating it. And Major League Baseball said, all right, well, how does two years sound then? <laughs> and he said, well, I'm not negotiating. And they said, all right, then two years it is. Let's and, go, uh, man. You know, that's uh, kind of what it is. It'll probably, uh, you know, if he will take it to appeals and maybe it'll go down to a year. But the fact is that the Dodgers now save a ton of money, which is great. It's great news. Um and whether or not, you know, this is some sort of hit job on him, I still don't really think it is because, sure, there are questionable things that have been found from, uh, you know, text messages that she's exchanged with people. Um, regardless of that, you know, it's still about what he did and whether or not he did what he did. Um, <sighs> <sighs> you know, kind of, 
that's that's what he's being suspended for, not for text messages that his accuser is uh, uh, exchanging with with people she knows, um, which can be you know perceived in many different ways. And uh, you know, I I get it. Sure, are there questionable things on on her side? Yeah, totally. Um, are there very questionable things on his side? Absolutely. <laughs> and he got yeah. suspended two years for it. <laughs> and also like major league baseball did an investigation and they found other people coming forward with other allegations that go back years. And, uh, those are being accounted as well. So, you know, later dude. Couldn't, couldn't have a no worse guy. I, yeah, no, no. <laughs> no more time on Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer is his time has passed. That's awesome. The sun has set on Trevor Bauer. Can't wait for him to throw a defamation suit at Swing Shift with Ryan and Bo. That'll be Please, fun. That be- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gotta God. pump those numbers up, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We get we get Please. easy Please, publicity. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. All right. Well, um, I'm an episode behind on Better Call Saul, so I think I'll get to that shortly. Yeah, there you go. No. I guess there is a Dodger game on. Maybe I can watch that. I do a podcast on uh, that. So Justin Turner is batting fourth, so I think I'm going to take the uh, take the night off. All right. Yeah, see what happens. Well, take a nap. Um, <laughs> well, again, um, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. We'll try to we'll, – we'll, you know, we're going to get some more episodes out. We're, we're going to get back to it. Okay. We weren't, we didn't check out. Okay. There's it, Bo has, has real life going on. You know, he, he's got much more important <laughs> things to do. So, um, uh, but uh, thank you. Thank you everyone who does listen and who, especially if you listen all the way to this point, um, we appreciate you. So uh, until next time, um, have, have some fun. Enjoy life. See you later.